Hello, Chris Evans here, live from my bedroom after a week of broadcasting from the BBC, the Bedroom Broadcasting Corporation, self-isolating, we're back in work now, hopefully, as you're listening to this. Here to announce this edition of the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast with Sky from Virgin Radio. Coming up, the one and only Louis Derue dives in his brilliant new book, Derue the Keyhole, Diaries of a Grounded Documentary Maker. He kept his diary just in case we didn't keep ours, and it is solid gold. Irish funny man Dara O'Brien shares the latest goings-on from the new series of Muck the Week and gives us the skinny on his upcoming So Where Were We tour. Tickets now available. The rom-com king Richard Curtis tells us about getting involved with the socially conscious comic book, the most important comic book on earth, and boy band survivor. Ronan Keating waxes lyrical about his brand new album Songs From Home and the new single Hey Day, which I love all that and so much more. Let's get right into it. If there's an unexpected story to be told, our next guest is the man to find it and tell it, especially when the stories are about him. His new book, Through the Keyhole, Diaries of a Grounded Documentary Maker, is out today. So listen closely as we get thoroughly Theroui with the one and only Louis Theroui. Oh, good morning, Louis. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me good all right? Morning. Yeah, I can. Come in. One, two, testing. One, two, two. Yeah, good. Good. It's working for me. Is it working for you? Great. Yeah, yeah. It's, I love this. We're, we're keeping the lockdown alive. <laughs> right? It would be like those Japanese generals in the Indonesia. You know, they were found in the Philippines in the 70s. They didn't think the Second World War was over. They didn't believe anyone. I don't believe them. it. It's still surging. Oh, There's variants out there. Um, Louis, your book is fantastic, mate. Well done. It's so funny. It's, it's so surprise very candid it's very yeah. vulnerable uh, it's gorgeous is it safe to say that march 17 to 2020 to march 17 2021 was your most alcoholic year to date definitely no question no contest and it's and what was it'd be one thing you know because i'm comparing it with student years but the difference here of course was that 90 percent of the alcohol was consumed in the kitchen Sometimes while hiding from the family, you know, right. sort of sneaking little and, and mid, you know, on Mondays and Tuesdays, like the sort of non-drinking days of the week. But that was how that was how I managed my mental health. Um, it turns out, and um, and you know, that it's a temptation to say like I was drinking too much, which I definitely was, but by choice, right? I had decided that that was what I was going to do. So um, and that went, and 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 discover. I think part of it was discovering bourbon. I don't know. Do you? I don't know how much of a drinker you are these days, Chris. But yeah. whether have you ever tippled with bourbon? Yeah, I have tippled with bourbon, and you've got to be careful with bourbon and whiskey because they do have this really seductive allure over yeah. you if you're not careful. Yeah. yeah, it's not like oh, I'm going to go up. I'll, I'll bring a little glass of red wine with me. It's not that. Yeah. You have a slug of bourbon before bed, and it it, it it's you're playing havoc. You're day. You're basically you're, you're juggling with with fire. And and you will feel it the next morning, so so pr- proceed with caution on that. Well, I think the thing with whiskey and bourbon, I'm not sure this is a conversation we we we're going to have, but um, you can still taste it in the morning on your tongue. And it's funny because when you have other drinks, you know something's happened um, I- inside you, and you know you've had a drink, but it doesn't. You know, you, 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 your mouth tastes like the bottom of a birdcage. The thing about bourbon and whiskey yeah. is, it tastes like you've just drunk it when you wake up, and that's yeah. that's where it becomes a little bit dangerous. Yes, you feel highly flammable the next morning, like you've been <laughs> marinated. You know what I mean in gasoline. Uh, but on the book, and, and with respect, so you and you mentioned that the book was vulnerable, and thank you for that. Like it's definitely, I was trying my 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 intention was to try and be as figuratively naked, but you know, as possible to try and confess to my 
my most undignified side. And, and there was plenty of that in lockdown for sure. You know, as a sort of dad to, a, to three boys, as a husband to a wonderful wife, but definitely I was the lowest on the totem pole in the, in the, on the family front. And, you know, I wanted to sort of make myself an object of, of study in a way, you know, having been deprived of my normal journalistic feeding grounds by being you know, unable to fly, you know, I had three projects more or less mothballed at the beginning of, of lockdown. I thought, well, I, I need to sort of feed on something as a sort of object of inquiry and, 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 and then found myself and family life uh, as a sort of subject of interest. And that really comes across because, you know, now you sort of know, sort of know, not completely know, but you sort of know what it's like to be Therude. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's a kind of mixed experience. I think the hardest part, I'm willing, this is my, um, this is my job, right? I, and to some extent, as I've got, I used to be precious about being in the public eye and, you know, going back years when I did When Louis Metz about people like, well, Jimmy Savile and uh, Paul Daniels. And I used to think, oh, well, I need to be invisible. I can't have a profile. I, I, so I didn't do much in the way of press. I didn't do much in the way of self-revelation. And, and then as time went on, I, I sort of crept out from behind the screen gradually. And now I'm sort of flinging myself in, in the eyeline of the public saying, you know, here it is. This is what I am. I don't have many secrets. I don't have, you know, I, I basically my vices are probably the obvious ones of, you know, drinking too much and being an insensitive man in various respects. But I think that uh, owning up to that is a public service of a sort. At least that's what I've persuaded myself. For my family, you know, I think the ones where I've had to prune back the material is more to do with preserving some sort of privacy for my family and, and my wife. It's a brilliant book. I Honestly, Lou, I think this is this is has number one in the Sunday Times bestseller list written wow, all over it. And I, re I really mean it. It's fantastic. Through the Keyhole, Diaries of a Grounded Documentary Maker, Lou Through. I was going to talk to you about your epilogue, which is gorgeous and sensitive, and you talk about your wife and how you sort of re-fell in love with her, not that you weren't in the first place, but for completely different reasons. I feel exactly the same way about my family and my situation. I feel so blessed. I feel so lucky, lucky than, than I ever thought I, I was in the first place. And I felt pretty lucky to begin with. But if you don't mind, Louis, do you have a copy of your book there? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. It's right here. Can, can you do me a favour? Can we finish this interview? And I'll say goodbye now. Um, and thank you very much. And well done on the book. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank um, you. Can we just finish the interview with you reading Thursday, the 2nd of July? Because it's beautiful. Thursday, the 2nd of July. Okay, yeah. wow, that's awesome. I don't even know what happened on Thursday, the 2nd of July. Okay. Well, pull up a chair, everyone. Um, Here we go. So, Thursday, the 2nd of July. You, okay, ready? Should I just go for it? Yeah, just, just thank you very much indeed. Um, this has been thank Louis Theroux. Uh, Louis Theroux, through the keyhole. Off you go. Thursday, the 2nd of July. Nancy had a socially distanced book group at a friend's house. I put Ray down. Dad, you have to always breathe, otherwise you'll die, right? Right. Then I said, what if you forget to breathe? Yeah. Or if you say a really long word. Good point, I said. Like, he said. I guess you just have to be careful, I said. Dad, what is it when you crack the system? What do you mean? On the Incredibles, they crack the system. It's like solving a puzzle. You figure out the solution. Oh, I thought it was like they broke it. Well, they didn't break it. They figured it out. We read a book about being chased by a bear. Good night, Ray. 
Dad, I don't want to go to school. Oh, why not? I don't want to grow up. Well, it's not until Monday, so that's still four days away. Dad, I don't want to be six. I want to be five or four. You've got plenty of time to not grow up. Look at Arthur and Jack. They're much older and they're still young. Right, time to sleep. I tucked him in, thinking about him not wanting to grow up, hoping that it meant he was happy as he was and wanted to pause his life and enjoy the simple pleasures of a five-year-old forever. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. If you fancy a laugh, we prescribe a course of our next guest sitting at a desk and talking to camera to be taken every Thursday at 10pm on BBC Two. That's right, he's back, mocking the week and touring the year throughout 2022. So please welcome the undisputed king of current affairs chuckles. It's Dara O'Brien! Good morning, Dara O'Brien! Morning to you. Uh, Yes. There was a Freudian slip, Dara, as I was announcing your tour i said um it's called so where were we but it's actually called so where are we but you know what i meant by no, that no no it's called no no it's called so where were we uh it is, oh, it is? Mean, it's okay funny oh no it's in like right let's just let's just start this conversation again right let's like act like nothing just happened let's just all right so, where so were i we? got yeah. it right but my script is wrong yes and actually you're not there there's a couple of theaters that got it wrong and really it doesn't make any sense in so where are we <laughs> like because i'm not no no it, that, that's, that's what i thought, I thought. yeah okay, and that's much well, more like a Oh my God, touring is so bad. I, I can't even remember the name of your town. Uh, <laughs> Which does just, happen. <laughs> it does happen. But you try not to make that the lead part of the tour. Like, I know. Oh, it's I Tuesday. Know. Is this Cambridge? Uh, sort, of, sort of a thing. So, no, it is. So, where no, were we? As in, like, yeah. But nobody gets the geography and the, the date bit unless you've been on tour on stage. Because um, it's so unrelatable. You know, as an audience member, you think, well, you can't really not know where you are or what date it is. But that happens very quickly on tour, doesn't it? it yeah, it is. And look, I, the, the tours next year, and it's going to happen a lot people on tour because it's been a mad rush for everyone to get into theatres again and so the tours used to have a kind of a well I'll be in the northwest for a few days or I'll be in Scotland for a few days and now it's like I'll take whatever we can get and it's mad triangles cutting away across the country and like hello it's Plymouth on a Monday and, and Wick in North Scotland on a Tuesday <laughs> it really is whatever slots people can get at the moment because it's I think next is going to be a bit crazy yeah well yeah. I can't wait and bring it on as long as everybody's safe and doing the right thing for all the right yeah. reasons um, so the title of the tour is uh, let's get this right uh, finally um, it is uh, where were we so so it's uh, so Dara, where, 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 we? where were we where were we well 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 Actually, where I am at the moment is Dublin. I opened, did the opening show last night because what you have there is, is obviously is, is the UK tour starts in March, but the actual it started last night in Dublin. So I did the first show, and I, so I had the first time in front of like a thousand people in a, in a room, and I'm sort of still buzzing from it. It was it's mad. It's it's like there's a real sense of oh wow we can do this again, which mm. is quite a thing to be an a, a wave to be riding. So we had a wait over time for the first one. The first one's always a mad uh, memory test. And does this work? Can I get this all out in the right order without without reaching for the piece of paper in my pocket? Uh, and so that would like if you get through that alone, you're you're thrilled. But it was in Vicar Street in Dublin, which is kind of this legendary theatre that I do forty dates every time I do a tour in, and I come over to Dublin over and over and over again during the tour. Uh, and so it was a first. I'm literally playing my two hundredth night there on Friday, <laughs> so it's kind of my home gig, and it's all, where I always start the tour. So yeah, it's great. It, it, it was lovely. Show's going great. You, right, and you do sound like you're buzzing, genuinely. Yeah, no, it was, it, it was really, really amazing. And there was just such a vibe um, of... Because in Ireland, there were no gigs for about 18 months. There was no... Mm-hmm. We had some sort of things last summer. They had nothing. 
So it's only just kind of opened out in the last couple of weeks. So it's genuinely people looking around going, no, I've not been, I've not been in the company of a large group of people for a year and a half. So there's a there's a really exciting kind of energy to the whole thing. So uh, yeah, it was great, and it and it worked. It worked, Chris. It worked, <laughs> and that, that's the huge thing. You know? Yes, all of it hangs still... together, and all of it oh. comes together. And, oh, I'm really. still Look, funny. by the time it gets by, by the time it gets into UK in March, by the time it gets to UK in March, it'll be a slick polished machine. But this is just yeah. a lovely bit where it's all. I can still feel the different bits having to fit in together, and that's quite nice. I, I, I've never known how comedians do uh, what you lot do for a living and I will always be in awe of what you do huge fan um, of yours and, and comedy in general but I still don't get how you just walk up there with a microphone and two hours later you absolutely hopefully anyway smashed it four tickets for Dara when he comes to um, the mainland here it's uh, daraobrian.com um, but more gigs going on in Ireland also very busy with Mot of the Week back BBC Two on the iPlayer as well 10pm of course people love that uh, you have new talent on that and this uh, channel four show one and six zeros where contestants will compete to win a million pounds six episode series uh the six episode series will be uh, uh will air early next year have you filmed it did anybody win uh, yes we have why would i possibly tell you that the uh, <laughs> is <this your> <laughs> uh we met lovely people and they went on some journeys they went on a few journeys and some of them ended very happily and some of them did not end very happily so it was right. yeah it was uh, it's one of those shows which is favors people chatting and working out in their heads and you can see them you know you see you really get to know the contestants like a million pound drop one of those kind of ones where you see them just struggling with should we go for this or should we not go for that like whatever and a lot of it is me just stepping back and going right you you go for this it was really really well cast actually i have to say the, yeah okay, so where, uh, hmm? game show quiz show or like sort of um a bit uh what's the what's the one the gameplay one called i can't remember um oh what's the one that richard o'brien used to host Oh, it's uh, the, the the running around the maze thing. It, it, <laughs> it's can't not, remember it's what? it. <laughs> oh, Chris LeMay. It's got the Yay! Maze. That, 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 what, what, one of our dodgy old brains yeah. got there. Yeah. <laughs> what's it? What's it the, most like? Uh, oh no, quiz show, quiz show. More like uh, it's more like the couples thing on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, where they where they say the questions and then they then they talk it out. So it's a bit. It's, it's probably more like that. Like except the three of them. The yeah uh, and uh, yes, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of discussion and uh, why do we go with your answer? Why do we go with your answer? Okay, let's go with. Or you suddenly become the most trusted person in this family. It turns out. Uh, so there's there's a lot of that, which is quite, which is quite nice. Mock the week, by the way, is in retro mode. It's Tory Sleeves week, which is uh, you know we we did, we went around in the nineties to do the original Tory Sleeves week, but it's great to have you know a, a, a old teams reemerging in politics. So uh, so we went big on that. But yeah, loads of new young comics, which is always nice. Great. Okay. Now, I know you're so glad to be back doing your stuff and uh, strutting your stuff on stage, but don't do too much, young man. All right? Oh, but it's really nice. <laughs> it's really, it's really fun. <laughs> the key is not to do too much afterwards. That would be very much the key. That's I always know. what the kill is. Yeah, as you go, well, I'm like in Dublin, that. and I know so many yeah. people here. Let's go crazy. Yeah, no. Yeah. All right. Dara, uh, it's great to talk to you. Well done, my friend. You're always welcome on the show. Always a pleasure. Good luck with the arms. I'll work on the legs. Together, we become. Uh, <laughs> A genuinely powerful individual. Okay, all right, I like that. It's like Plato Symposium. Um, right, Dara O'Brien, Mot of the Week, uh, Season 20, BBC Two and iPlayer, 10pm. Also, so where were we? Uh, the 2022 tour tickets in the UK uh, on sale now, daraobrien.com and a brand new Channel 4 show called 106 is coming to us early next year. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio.
He's a screenwriting master that's turned his attention to the beloved world of comics. The most important comic book on earth, Stories to Save the World, is out now. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a British movie-making legend that everyone loves, actually. It's Richard Curtis! <laughs> Very nice, Dapper Dave. Come in, Los Angeles. Oh, if only that were true <laughs> that everyone loved me, Chris. But I hope... I hope you quite like me. Uh, tell us about that episode, first of all, of Celebrity Vicar um, and, and uh, how that came about, how you put it together. Because are you, did you hear what I said? Bishops are recommending this to their actors. I know. Do you know, when we started The Vicar of Dibley, we were controversial. There, you know, women were looked down on and voted against and everything like that. But now a lot of the bishops are women. So that makes it all much better. I'm delighted yeah, no. that we've entered the mainstream. No, you absolutely, and it's like it's it's being given out there as a playbook from bishops to their various rectors around the world. Should they, you know, somehow accidentally uh, find themselves um, sort of uh, heightening their public profile? Uh, lovely book, this Richard. Got to say, the most important comic book on earth. And Noah and I were reading through it last night. For people who don't know what it is and how it came about, can you enlighten us, please? Yeah, look, it's um, a fantastic. A uh, job that's been done by this extraordinary man called Paul Goodenough. And basically, he got in touch with a huge number of famous people, you know, from Judy Dench to Paul McCartney to Jane Goodall to Ricky Gervais. And he said to them, Why don't you just chat for 20 minutes to the most brilliant comic book artists in the world? And then they all did that. And he's come up with 300 pages worth of brilliant, kind of incredibly concise one-page arguments for doing something about climate change and to fight animal extinction and everything like that. So it's, and I think he's had like a billion views of individual comics already online. I can't think of a better Christmas present, both for humans and to save, you know, lynxes and Tasmanian devils. Yeah, and it's it's sort. I mean, you know, it's called the most important comic book on earth. Stories to save the world. It is a beautiful book. Noah, my my eldest son, was bl he blown away by. It. He said, "Dad, this is absolutely gorgeous." And we started leafing through it last night, and we were getting taken away uh, with uh, various themes and narratives. Which comic um, geniuses, comic book geniuses, did you work with with your story? I think mine mine were a group called War and Peas. Um, let's see what they did there, um, and. <laughs> We, we did a little, oh, you know, it's my, it's my I, I belong to a generation that still loves a pun. And um, we did a thing about pensions, you know, I'm, your pension could be invested in cigarettes and fossil fuels. And why not make it invested in renewable energy and, you know, green cement? So um, that was my team. No, it's, it's, um, your 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 bit scorched. It's all gorgeous. It had to be good to get in the book. And like I say, uh, comic book geniuses—they're so clever. You know this because you 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 can write a story. Um, it can be in a book. Uh, it can be in diary form. It can be first person, third person. You know, and then you can write a script, and then you can write a screenplay. But basically, what comic book writers do is they expedite the whole process, but wonderfully uh, via the images. And the images are so important because the images can say things that word can't. Words can't, and words can depict images that, that you only have in your own head um i mean are you a big comic book animals, fan, instance, animals are great at talking in comic yeah. books uh, you know <laughs> yeah and superheroes too and it's a lot less expensive less expensive than hiring um scarlett johansson yeah but it's, it's so clever i mean your appreciation for this must be uh, must be uh, right up there stories like in the book you know Stories that I didn't even know about, things that are happening already, like animal bridges and animal tunnels. Have you have you read those stories, Rich, in the book? 
No, I haven't read those. I mean, there's a great one about a gorilla asking a gorilla girl out on a date. And he says, why didn't you come <laughs> home with me? And then by the time they get home, his forest has been utterly destroyed, um, which not only ruins the date, but wipes out the species. So they're just so clever and they just do it in, you know, those four boxes. I know, and they land these massive knockout punches, but they begin so gently. You know, animal bridges, which are a thing now. There are photographs all over the world of animals having to, because so many people get, so many animals rather were getting run over on various highways in the world. They built these animal bridges, and in various parts of the world, they built elephant tunnels, which is amazing. And the fact that if you re, there's a whole section on rewilding, and if you can rewild, for example, the Tasmanian devil in Australia, then that will help um, uh, reduce the risk of these terrible fires that have been seen over the last few years. I mean, you know, honestly, Chris, we are on a war footing now. And the thing that makes me, you know, so uh, excited is how many young people are really angry and passionate about it. But, you know, just like if you were in a war, you would say, well, I can't just go about my normal business. I better do something today, you know, which is going to benefit the general effort. And maybe today the thing is to get this brilliant book. No, absolutely. hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. What, what are you doing in L.A., my friend? Uh, mainly, you know, it was uh, an effort to try and help my son get a girlfriend. Uh, that's the big thing. Uh, <laughs> we thought an English accent and an earring would probably do the trick um, yeah. down, you know, down Santa Monica way. Um, mm -hmm. But I've got another son who's over here. And then meanwhile, I'm just doing my normal comic relief stuff and trying to type out a new film. So comic relief, is that going to happen every year now? Are we allowed to talk about this or not? Yeah, Comic Relief every year, and it happens over here in the USA every year, and I'm going to go global, Chris. Uh, yeah, well, you have, yeah. years, we should be everywhere. You know, uh, everything is, and um, we should try and be, you know, more, not less ambitious because, yeah, no. you know, youngsters these days are just demanding action on race and gender and climate and justice and domestic violence and all that stuff. So it's our job to just try and do bigger and better. Thanks, Rich. Have a lovely night. Give my love to Em. Lots of love to you and everyone back home. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Our next guest has never been far from the top of the pops, and that rain is sure to continue. His new single, Hey Day, is out now, and a new album is on the way. So, ladies and gentlemen, listen up as we interrupt his scheduled programming. It's the drop-dead gorgeous <laughs> Ronan Keating! Hey! Good morning, Ronan! Good morning, Christopher. How are you, lads? How's it I'd going? Say you're very good at this. So you're hosting your own radio show and doing interviews for your new album in, in between. I mean, that's pesky. Right in the middle. I'm, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm in the studio right now looking at Harriet Scott. We are right in the middle of a live show, but this is what we do. How are you? How's it going? I'm very well. I'm very well. We just played your new single, Hey Day. It's fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the record. It's out on Friday called Songs From Home, and I've chosen 12 songs that, that I grew up listening to that kind of molded me and, and right. yeah, got me to where I am right now. Very important songs in my life. Okay, so songs from home recorded at home or elsewhere? Mostly at home, a lot of vocals done from the house, um, some in the studio, but a lot of it done, yeah, as you know, because over the last 18 months, it's what we've all had to do. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, basically, I did a lot of the vocals and sent them down the line. Okay, so I'm broadcasting live from my bedroom this morning because uh, I'm still self-isolating. So I've got this sort of home right. studio vibe going. I do like it, Ro. Can, can you give me some tips for soundproofing? Is it all about heavy fabrics? Is it about a bit yeah, of... Yeah, uh... I mean, honestly, blankets over your head. Blankets <laughs> over your head. The sound not traveling. You look ridiculous. 
ridiculous. But I mean, it's comfy, it's cosy. You're in your pajamas. I can imagine you right now, uh, actually, in your pajamas under a blanket. Yeah, don't imagine too hard, right? Whatever you do, uh, you never know how that might end. Now, I've got to say, this, every time you come on the show from now on, forever, Ro, because we yeah. went so many years without saying it, I'm going to say every single time, Ronan Keating is responsible for me being in this house with my wife, Natasha, and four Aww. children because he introduced me to my wife 17 years ago now. So, A, thank is you for that. 17 years ago? Wow. 17 well, I'm absolutely honoured. It was so... It was so nice to see you guys at Carfest and, and see you all loved up with the family. And it's amazing. I'm Oh, it's an absolute honour. Delighted. Yeah. It's all your fault. All this cost is your fault. <laughs> it's all my fault. Great. I love getting blamed. Um, are, we, are, are we the inspiration of a song on the new album, Songs From Home? We, I suppose we could be. You asked, why not? You could be, definitely. Mm, yeah. I mean, I did. there is one song that I wrote on the album, but all of the songs are, it's like, you know, Streets of No Name from U2, Raglan oh, Road, The Parking Glass, uh, The Blower's Daughter from Damien Rice. So they're big, classic Irish songs that everybody, well, most people will know and love. And, and I just try to make it my own. Over the last year and a half, I think, you know, a lot of us were apart from loved ones and, and family and friends. And I think music is, is like the bridge that kind of keeps us connected to, um, you know, to, to important people in our lives. And these songs were songs that I listened to over the last year and a half more and more and more that made me feel like I was home in Ireland. Oh, no, she, she can't hear you, but you can hear her. She's here to say thank you as well, I hope. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Tash. <laughs> hope you're well. <laughs> thank you for our children. Thank you so much. Oh. <laughs> I know, it's crazy, isn't it? Uh, now, uh, Ro, you were so kind uh, to come and play at Carfest for us, and you had to f***ing adultery. He just absolutely smashed it with the Carfest supergroup. How did it feel to be back on stage? So How's it been over the last few live gigs for you? It's been brilliant. I've absolutely loved it. Um, I'm actually down at, in Kingston tomorrow um, at Banquet Records. I'm doing a little gig, and it's, it's just so nice to be back out there again, doing live shows. Carfest was phenomenal. We had such a brilliant time. To see all those people out again, the, the, just the love for live music and performances again, is we've all been craving it so much. So yeah, to get back out, to witness it, to watch some of the other bands perform, but also to be back on stage performing myself was, was fantastic. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Best of the Breakfast show with Sky on Virgin Radio. This is our podcast, but you know that you downloaded it. Uh, we've heard from a bunch of sensational guests already. Still to come, Sunday Times bestselling author Sophie Dahl tells us all about her brand new book, The Worst Sleepover in the World. Carfest Big Chris gets all excited with next year's festival plans and reveals who our first confirmed act is. The wonderful Charlie P. Brooks discusses the second outing of the super secret diary of Holly Hopkinson, a little bit of a big disaster. And Oscar-winning filmmaker Ron Howard tells us about writing with his bro for their new book, The Boys, a memoir of Hollywood and family. So let's get right back to it. Dapper Dave, who's next? In front of the camera or behind, our next guest delivers the goods every single time. His new book, The Boys, a 
memoir of Hollywood and family is out now. And here to tell us more is the Oscar-winning toast of Tinseltown. It's happy days indeed with the one and only Ron Howard. Good morning, Ron. Good morning. Good How morning. you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm already bowled over by that intro. <laughs> I don't know if I can recover from that, but well, let's try. You're more than deserving of it. Right. Um, I'm going to cut to the chase straight away. I devoured your book. I, I love you anyway, and I love your movies, and I love happy days. I wasn't so much aware of the Andy Griffith show, which we'll get on to in a moment or two, but the book is awesome, Thank my friend. Thank you. It Thank is you, awesome. Uh, 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 right, we'll cut to the chase. Okay. Okay. I've never interviewed... I don't think I've ever met anybody who's under monkey. Uh, well, uh, by the way, you wouldn't own a monkey today. Uh, that no, was very I've much already pointed era. out several times uh, yes. on your behalf before you yes, came yes, on. Yes, yes, However, you. you have owned a monkey. What, I have owned a monkey. What was it like? A woolly monkey. Uh, uh, sugar was great. And my wife, Cheryl, and her dad were kind of eccentric uh, uh, pet owners. Uh, it, and uh, in, in, in those days, anteaters, uh, armadillos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and they actually had a also had a woolly monkey and uh, we found this one who was sickly because why because she'd been grabbed by a poacher and not very and not taken care of very yeah, well yeah. uh and uh, my then girlfriend now wife cheryl fell in love with this little monkey knew how to nurse her and we did and so we got the monkey and went she was our uh, she was our pet for you know, instead of getting a dog, you know how the couple gets the dog yeah, before yeah. they get married uh-huh. and has the kids. Well, for us, it was a little woolly monkey, which used to terrify, uh, to some extent, people on the on the set of Happy Days because occasionally I would bring the monkey. <laughs> And Sugar was, you know, she was fine, but she could be a little noisy and she would leap from one shoulder to the other. People yeah, yeah. had to tolerate that. Because there's that phrase, isn't there? You know, sometimes when one of your work colleagues not having a great day, you say, oh, so-and-so's got a monkey on the back today. So, but you really did have a monkey. I did, I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, what's interesting, the book, the, by the way, the book is a masterclass. It's a very gentle, but very profound, it wears its profundity very gently, uh, masterclass on Hollywood as a workplace, and that's not normalising it because I know you love what you do, mm. and you, you've always been fascinated by by the whole by the whole of show business, not just the movies. Mm. But it is about this kid who, at the age of four, got this job on this TV show, um, and you know, and you were you were so famous, so young. I didn't know this uh, mm. till till I read your book, Ron. Just just Ted, just if you don't mind, just give people the highlights of the first sort of four till twelve, first seven formative years of you in, on, on television, mostly. Well. But, you know, basically, as I talk about in the book, uh, you know, I had I had to learn to write in order to sign autographs. Yeah. So the the show was an immediate success in the U.S. This is the Andy Griffith show. The Andy Griffith what show. What was it? Very homespun show about a small town in North Carolina. Yeah. Which is where, where Andy Griffith, you know, was born and raised. Yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, had, he had a it, just a, 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 f- a funny, oddball collection of townspeople. And, right, that, and he was a sheriff. He was the sheriff of the town. Yeah, and you played his and son. And also the justice of the peace. And right. I was his son. He was a single father. Right. Uh, had a fun, Don Knotts played his hysterical uh, deputy yeah. who was so nervous and so anxious that he was only allowed to have one bullet and he had to keep it in his in his pocket. Andy wouldn't let him actually have a loaded gun, uh, and uh, um, and uh, so it 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 was a it was pure Americana through the filter of Andy Griffith, who yes wanted humor and comedy, but also wanted a kind of honesty. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't broad. It wasn't really zany. It was very 
grounded. And I think it was a fantastic training ground for me, not only in the way that the show unfolded and the way it was created every week, but it was also the, the tone on the show because there was a lot of laughter. It was very playful, but there was also a lot of hard work and success. Yeah. And, and, and it was, uh, it was a, tr you know, it was a tremendous success. So it's hard work and heart and, and your mum and dad, who, but this book is a love letter to your mum and dad, isn't it? And to your wife, actually, yeah. and, and to, to Clint, your brother, and back from him to you, because you write it between you. It's the Cain and Abel in many ways well, yeah. of, of, uh, of cinematic <laughs> and, and television and showbiz biographies. It's beautifully written. It's beautifully composed and put together. And I know it went through many, many drafts. Right. Um, uh, and, but you can't tell as all the best edited things yeah. uh, are, but um, love letters to your mum and dad. Your dad um, was he was not uh, he was a jobbing actor, but he was so committed. He was such a fan of the industry. Yeah. And because of yours and Clint's ultimately uh, success as kids, because at one point you were, your show was number one, and the show Clint was on was number two in the That's US, right. which That's is right. mental. It's yeah. mad. No, it was pretty. It was pretty wild. Well, the thing is that you know our parents were really the outliers. Yeah. I mean, they're, they were from the heartland, the Midwest. He was from, dirt, from a dirt farm, basically, you yeah. know. And, and, uh, uh, and my mom came from a little tiny town, Duncan, Oklahoma, and where her dad was the, the, the town butcher, you know. And, and yet they had these dreams that they could make it in show business. And, and they had no business harboring these dreams. Uh, and they kind of ran away together to to do this thing. I mean, the whole, I'm sure it just mortified their, their families that, you know, at 19 and 20, they were taking this kind of bohemian leap, you know, and, but they, they did it. They changed the course of the family history. And my daughter, Bryce Dallas Howard, she, she reads the introduction for the boys. Uh, you know, I mean, I, she wouldn't have found her way in the business had it not been for the courage and the, and the, and the craziness uh, of our parents and their own love story. So part of this, fr from our point of view, was, yeah, let's look at back at what it was like to be involved in television in the 60s and 70s. Let's, let's, let's share those anecdotes with people and let's be honest about it, the ups and downs of the whole thing. But it is an opportunity to, to actually tell this family story because the way they guided us, the decisions they made were, um, you know, they were... Uh, they were pretty offbeat. They they were they were going to the beat of their own drum, and we were the beneficiaries of that. And so we thought it was kind of worth sharing their homespun logic, their sensibility, you know, along with telling hopefully a lot of funny, entertaining stories about our our life growing up. The book is the boys, Ron and Clint Howard. You got to read this book. It is fantastic. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. She swapped the catwalk for the keyboard and both adults and children are reaping the rewards. Her new kid's book, The Worst Sleepover in the World, is out now. So get in your comfy pyjamas, grab that mug of hot chocolate, cross your fingers and hope for the best. It's the brilliant Sophie Dahl! Good morning, Sophie! Good morning, Chris. First of all, Sophie, yes. thank you for giving this kid's book, your second kid's book, a more pronounceable title for us people interviewing you <laughs> than your first. Just remind us of the title of that first hit smash hit book again. Well, I just said to Ben, I can't say the title. Um, no, I can. It's Madame Badoobadar. <laughs> say that with a hangover. 
Well, I re- see that again. You've triggered my anxiety from the last time I interviewed you because I <laughs> spent the whole evening. I'm going to get the name of the book wrong. I couldn't even begin to get it right. Madame Badubada. Madame Badubada. See, now it's all right after the fact, it just isn't it? Rolls oh, off the pressure's off and Badubada. all that. All right, so Sophie Dolls, brand new kids, but beautifully illustrated by Luciano Lozano. Uh, the worst sleepover in the world is out now. It's out for Christmas. It looks very Christmassy. It doesn't have a Christmas theme, but it's very well. Sleeping over, I suppose, is. A very Christmassy. So, um, it, not only is it the worst sleepover, but it's the first sleepover. Um, uh, and uh, th- there's lots of messages going on in this book. What, what do you want to get across? And by the way, is it based on anything that may have happened in your house? No, nothing that's ever happened Obviously, in my house. Obviously, everything. No, yeah. Okay, so, so who's sleeping over where and what, um, what might go on? So, there are two sisters and they invite their friend over for their first ever sleepover. They spend all week planning what they're going to eat, what they're going to do. They're going to stay up all night. They're going to be wild. They're going to throw putty on the ceiling. No one's going to tell them off. And obviously, it doesn't, it doesn't go down that way. And mum is really trying. Yeah. But mum becomes increasingly more unravelled as the night goes she on. She's being tried and she is trying. Yes. Okay. And uh, see, now this doesn't look like you on the front cover, but there is a mum figure waving a white flag. <laughs> is this? Do you have any empathy with this situation here? I, I do have. I do. I think find me someone who doesn't have empathy with a white flag sleepover situation right because very quickly into parenthood you realise that sleepovers because they sound really oh kids are going to have their first ever sleepover we're so pleased for them we're so pleased for for, for their friends but secretly they're most excited for us because our kids that we've had that we've given birth to are having a sleepover then you realise very quickly it's a stay awake over yeah because no one sleeps Mm. and then they're broken and feral the next day and horrible and it's just it's not fun and often it involves you driving someone else's kid home in the middle of the night yeah uh, you know. <laughs> it's so funny you're so right it's... so the book i guess as you asking me what the what the what the message in the book the is message. the message in the book is sleepovers sometimes don't go yeah, according to plan you want to think about how many they are who they're with and of course you know was your experience of a sleepover as a mum right yeah. was it at yours or was it yours going to somewhere else because that's always a that's not a terrible thing to do like, I don't know I know I'm clear about sleepovers let, let's let them have one somewhere else they can come back and we can do some, well, some if, you have, of, if they have one somewhere else you don't have to deal with, what the, I mean. with the fallout but yes, you can get no, some covert the, research yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah, what yeah. went on so what was your experience <laughs> of that because and if they, if they come back tired you think that's alright because if we have one and we send them back tired we know that's a quid I pro tend quo to host, I tend to host the sleepovers hmm but I've learnt. Right, OK, well, because it's, it's the baptisms of fire. I mean, we're talking about to Ron Howard about parenthood. It always is. We're all, all parents are rookies on the job. doesn't matter how many kids you've well, had. rookie on the job, but also the other, the, other bit, the other bit in the book is that I think children's stories way too often have resolution. Mm. And I think life doesn't really have much resolution. Yeah. So it's also about the fact that situations can remain untidy. Yeah. And uh, on to the next sleepover. On to the next sleepover. Um, right, how, how's the family? What's going down? Uh, family on the family. I think it's Jamie Cullen coming to see you soon. Yes, he is! Yes, lucky! What, what can I ask With him? With his good songs. That will put him on the spot. Oh, what will put him on the spot? Come on. I don't know. You've asked them together. I don't know. I'm going to have to... have to, I have to... I have to think about it and yeah. send you a postcard. All right, please do. tell you. Why don't... Why don't... Why don't... Don't tell him this, right? Why, why don't... When Jamie's on in a couple of weeks' time playing live for us, why don't... I ask all the questions that I ask are authored by you, but we don't tell them until the end okay. of the interview. I mean, everything. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. You go left, right. Okay. 
Okay, great. Um, is this out now? Yes. It's out in time for Christmas. And by it the way, it will yes. fit perfectly in a pillowcase. It will. It will fit perfectly. You can sneak it. I mean, Santa sneaks all the big stuff in. You could you could yeah, this, break it a bit and, and put it in a stocking. As a, as a kid, it's really exciting when you see something flat like this because you think, oh, that's a book. That's a picture book because it's really thin it's really gorgeous. Yeah. Um, Sophie, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. You're awesome, as always. Um, we're talking about Ron Howard and, you know, Christmas in the Howard household. Um, and I sort of get the feeling that you might be the... you, you or Your house with Jamie and the kids might be the uk version of that why what's happening in the howard household well because he's just a great he's a great dad he was a great son he's really great at his business we're talking about you know opportunities looking a lot like hard work and i just get the vibe that you lot around the piano christmas you cooking up a storm in the kitchen and jamie you know um just smashing it on the piano i bet it's amazing like the waltons yeah well, by the way ron howard auditioned for the for the job of um, Wait, John Boy Walton. John Boy Walton. No way. Yeah, he did, and he missed it by the skinny. No way. Yeah, anyway, uh, got to go. Uh, right, thanks so much, Sophie. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, Sophie Dolls, the worst sleepover in the world is out now. Luciano Lozano illustrating. It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, the front, you're falling in love with the front cover, let alone uh, what's inside. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Who are we talking to next? Dapper Day. From the paddock to the publishing house, our next guest always delivers the goods. His second kid's book, The Super Secret Diary of Holly Hopkinson, A Little Bit of a Big Disaster, is out now. And here to tell us all about it as a little bit of a brilliant writer, it's Charlie P. Brooks. Good morning, Charlie. Morning, Chris. Good morning. Now, I am self-isolating. People know about that. I've uh, contracted COVID, tested positive. You have long COVID. How are you doing, pal? Well, I'm 19 months into long COVID. And, you know, it, it's real. I mean, I, I feel you know, I, I'm not too bad. I mean, I just get very fatigued. But I feel desperately sorry for, you know, people who are really, really bad with it. Um, and my friends look at me, Chris, and just go, you haven't got long COVID. You've just become Spanish. <laughs> um, but, because I do, I have to rest quite a lot. Right. Um, but it, it's real, you know, but I'm doing acupuncture now and, and I think that's helping a lot. Anything else that you're trying? Uh, lipsomal vitamins, vitamin D, vitamin A, vitamin B and vitamin C, taking loads of them. Um, I've gone into a hyperbaric chamber a bit, which I think has helped. Um, but I think I think I went at it too hard after I had COVID, so I'm, I'm worried listening to you. Just just don't go mad with the exercise. No, you to, I know, you but you your body. Yeah, but you're so ple- you, I'm so pleased to be coming out of the other side because you know I didn't have it anywhere near as, as bad as some people, but you know it wasn't it, you know it wasn't um, pleasant at all, and I've never felt anything like it before. I won't go into how I felt. I don't mind, but it's just going to take uh, too long. But it is a very strange experience, isn't it? It's weird. What's odd is I didn't have COVID that badly. I mean, I was in bed for, I don't know, 10 days, but I didn't have to go to hospital or anything. And yet 19 months later, I'm still floundering around, you know, in this sort of post-viral situation. Well, good for you, Charlie. And endorphins uh, can't not help, of course. So uh, let's get into this. The Super Secret Diary of Holly Hopkinson, a little bit of a big disaster, volume two. You know how much I love Holly. I'm not going to embarrass you um, by by sort of gushing on the air, but I think she is awesome. And so does my eldest Noah. And here's his review of your latest book. Holly's family was forced to move to the country because her dad lost his job in the city. Her mum wasn't happy, but managed to cling on to the PR guru identity back in the big smoke until now. Meanwhile, Holly's dad bought the local village pub. What could possibly go wrong? 
everything. But Holly still has her special magic pocket watch gifted to her on her 10th birthday to help sort out everything, including saving her family from frantic, fragile financial ruin. But is that allowed? There are serious rules that come with special powers. I particularly loved the Uncle Jack Porker's Happy Pork Pie storyline, highlighting dodgy factory farming as opposed to sustainable quality farming, and the bit where the shrunken racehorse Declan falls in love with a chicken called Chicken. Not to mention Holly's killer plan to sort out affordable housing in the Greenbelt. Plus, she ends up managing her brother's new band, The Cool, whilst her mad auntie Electra has to take over at the pub. It's all going on in Holly Hopkinson's Secret Diary, Volume 2, and it's all hilarious. <laughs> nice one, Charlie. Catch you later. Happy Christmas. P.S. My favourite quote from the book, You're only as happy as your unhappiest parent. Ain't that the truth? I think so. <laughs> now, I know it's not aimed at me, but I sort of think it... But I really love this. I mean, it's okay that I enjoy it. Of course it is, Charlie. Um, and I, I've got to say more and more, I've got... It's got it ha, you have to be the dad. Scarlett, your daughter, has to be Holly, surely. And I, I think I may have come into contact with Mad Anti Electro over the last few days as well. I think you might have done. <laughs> we won't tell her that, though, will we? <laughs> no, but I think actually, but, Chris, I think I'm grandpa, not dad, actually. <laughs> all right, well, maybe you're a combination of the both. Okay, so uh, dad bought the pub, um, uh, but uh, Auntie Electra is going to take over the. She has to take over the pub. It's coming up to Christmas, and dad's off becoming trying to become a TV chef. I know, and it doesn't end well. It really doesn't end well. <laughs> um, he's Rory's more roadkill menu. Um, went down okay with the local gamekeepers, but not with anyone else. <laughs> right, so people turn up from this TV show to film in, film in cooking up a storm, hopefully, in the pub. It all goes horribly pear-shaped, as you sort of want it to. Um, but you, via, via this particular narrative, you've had to come up with some, some would-be names for cooking shows, and it's not, it's not rocket science, is it? No, it's quite easy, really, isn't it? <laughs> Friday. <laughs> yeah, you could have could have had TFI Friday, of course. Um, yeah, yes, I mean, of course. Uh, Chopper chat, cakes and rice. It shouldn't. It shouldn't happen to a sprout. Is one of my favourites. Uh, <laughs> Stew, do you think you are? Stick this in your oven. Um, you got it all going on. Do you, are you a cook? No, yourself? not at all. Absolutely hopeless. <laughs> right. And what but, does Scarlett? Does Scarlett, your daughter, does she see any of herself in Holly? Well, I, I hope so, because obviously she is my inspiration. Uh, but Chris, I don't know what you think, but I, I really hope this is a family book, not a children's book. I, you know, when I, I write it, I think this, this is what parents should read with their children, that they should laugh about this together. And kind of, I don't really think of it as a children's book, you know, because some of my friends, believe it or not, read it. All right, Charlie, thanks for being on the programme. Chris, good to talk to you. Well done, congratulations. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. If you haven't been to Carfest yet, what on earth are you playing out? Not only is it all for charity, but you'll have the time of your life, and if you're lucky, you get to meet our next guest, which, let's face it, is the main reason people go. With the news of next year's Carfest, please welcome the best of the fest. It's Big Chris! Good morning, Big Chris from over the river! I can see you! I can see you <laughs> in your bedroom window! Wave to me! I- 
<laughs> I know. I, I, I'm waiting to you now. Hang on a second. Here we go. Noah's there you go. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Put the binoculars away, for heaven's sake. How stupid. Oh, Tash is doing yoga again. <laughs> yeah. um. <laughs> Stop it. Right, OK, so we were going to put tickets on sale uh, this Thursday for Carvest 2022, but because I've been out of action for a while, yeah, we have postponed that. But not for long, though. So it's a week on no. Thursday, is it? We are so excited. I think uh-huh. Carfest has been reborn. I think all that we've been through has made us so happy, so in love with our fans, that we've got a plan bigger and better for the next 10 years. And we're going back on sale next Thursday, the 18th, Woo-hoo! at 8am, because you're getting out of bed at last. <laughs> Hang on a minute. I've been out of bed a lot. Uh, I mean, well, by the way, I've, I've now affected, I have fashioned a garage gym, Chris, which you're welcome to use any time. Oh, no, I don't like garages. Yeah. <laughs> I have no, to say just, a big Chris. Yes. Yeah, okay. All right, okay. Uh, right, so we are planning for the next 10 years of Carfest to ensure yes. um, that it gets bigger and better and brighter and makes even more money for charity over the next decade. It's a decade old. Here we go. Let's open a brand new, not chapter, but a whole brand new epic adventure for Carfest. Seven worlds. Tell us about the seven brand new worlds. Well, we think that we've been doing a good festival. And it's got better, but we think there are clues to doing many festivals. But rather than do them in lots of different places, let's do seven festivals in one place. Love it. And then all come together in the evening for one great big party. Uh And we think that we take the old town, if you like, which is Carfest. We keep it. We look after it. We refresh it. We're going to be doing cars, past, present, but very much future as well next year. But then we've got six new festivals, some of which have familiar seeds and some of which are totally new that we've got new people to run and just can be bigger and better for everybody. Do you want to hear them? Yeah, go on, off you go. So we've got the all new Starfest, which is our huge showbiz village, a a Uh sort of sea of stars and comedy and behind the scenes of film and television, meet lots of heroes that you've seen on the big screen but probably never stood close to. And then we've got the very big new Wellfest, Led Love by it. your friends from the Hay Bell Health Hour. And awesome. then we've got the new Great British Food Fest, Kids uh-huh. Fest, the old Retro Fest, and the brand new Adventure Fest. Travel the world, explore your mind, get a new job, do something different, all inspired by Car Fest all creating huge amounts of kindness, of course, for our brilliant children's charities. All right, do more good. Uh, we adopted that little sort of mission statement a few years ago, and we're cracking on with that. So welcome to the next 10 years of coffee. Thank you, Big Chris, from Over the River. One thing, Christoph, we, don't, yes, we never know whether to tell people about music or not. Do you want one little tease? It's up to you, I don't mind. I think you do. We've got, going to the north this year after the hit in the south, uh, Nile Rogers and Sheik on Woo-hoo! Sunday night. We could give you. We're gonna. We're gonna <laughs> drop a name every day for the next like ten it. days. Let's do All it. Right? All right, fantastic. And tickets go on sale for Carfest 2022. Get what you can, when you can, while you can. And it all starts from 8 o'clock a week on Thursday. That's Big Chris from Over the River. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky. Virgin Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast and you will never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.